Welcome to Beyond the Pen, the podcast that delves into the untold stories of emerging authors and the literary world. I'm your host, Maccabee Griffin, and each week I'll be shining a spotlight on talented yet undiscovered authors, giving them a platform to share their incredible stories and unique journeys that brought them to the world of writing. In each episode, we'll deep dive into the story behind the story, exploring the inspirations, challenges, and triumphs that have shaped our guests' literary careers, and have some fun along the way. From the initial spark of an idea to the journey of crafting and publishing their books, we'll uncover the secrets that make their stories truly special. But that's not all. Once a month, we'll be joined by an expert from the publishing world who will share invaluable insights and advice for aspiring writers, answering your burning questions, and demystifying the path to success in the literary industry. At Beyond the Pen, my mission is simple, to entertain, educate, and encourage the next generation of great storytellers. So whether you're a writer, an avid reader, or simply someone with a passion for storytelling, Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Hello, all you beautiful book enthusiasts, you lovely authors, publishers, and everything in between. We are back. We are live. We are here. No, that voice terrified me for like two seconds. <laughs> like it felt like I was a little kid again when like, you know, when you think you're brave, you're going to go to the haunted house. And then it's just like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, watch back. Well, we're going to get dark. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> okay, we got this. Well, for everybody else. If you haven't recognized the voice of this lovely lady next to me on the video, this is my new co-host, Miss C.R. Rice, also known as Chelsea, to me and <laughs> to you, to anybody else who knows her. And is yes. we have completely understood that she is a walking vial of chaos, and uh, she's happy about it. Um, We've also it's something that I have to I have to be have on there before we get into our topics and stuff is that one Chelsea has a few get out of free cards with agencies, now. <laughs> and uh, I want people to know this because this is how much of a walking chaos vile she is is the fact uh-huh. that as a writer and. Many authors out there can say the same thing, especially those in the thrillers, suspense, uh, horror flicks, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of things that we have to look up specifically to make sure that we're saying it correctly. Yeah, because you want to get as close to it as possible. You know, you don't want to be one of those authors that's like, you know, lies, makes it up, the science isn't right. Just be very cautious about how you look up said thing. Because you did, you will get on a list. So yeah, there's probably a memo going around the, all the FBI agencies, the locals, and the uh, state offices of the police stations saying, if you see this name next to this following topics, disregard. <laughs> She's not doing anything. She's just dumb enough to actually look it up. And her her husband didn't get to her fast enough to be like, no. <laughs> 
which is hilarious for the IT guy to not be able to get yeah. it. I'm, I'm sure he's looking through her history very, very, <laughs> looking at all these little details and the keywords and everything yeah. just to make sure. <laughs> well, so I actually have blockers now because he's like, look, we can't do this. I don't want to get raided in the middle of the night. So like, if you go through, like, there'll be certain things that I go to type in and it's just like, no, shut down. Like, absolutely not. And I'm just like, oh, no, wait, now I get how that could potentially be bad. Because every time it does it, you immediately go to the, what the hell? And then I'm like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have looked that up. So then it makes me second guess. I still do it all the time though. Like it's even on my phone other people's computers, which again, doesn't bother me. Yeah, because it's on other people's computers. Yes, absolutely. But you gotta have get out of jail free cards. You just- Laminated with with the FBI stamps and everything on it. Gold leaf in it. You know, you gotta make it look really nice. Be able to just whip, it's like a little badge. Yeah, it's gonna be great. She's gonna have it with the supervisor's actual signature on there. And when they leave, she has to go back and get another signature for the new person in charge. Exactly. It's a very complicated process. And if you would just stay in their career paths, it would really make mine a lot easier. Yeah. Hey, at least you don't have to worry about getting a new one every four years. I don't know if I want to go that high. That means I did something really, really bad. If I have to, with all of the crazy stuff that I've done in my life, if I need to end up needing a presidential pardon, just I'm out. I'm just out because like I've done a lot of stupid stuff, but nothing to the point that I'm like, I am so going to need a pardon for this. Like, <laughs> Nope, I'm never going. I'm not that crazy. Like I'll do a lot, but I I'm not looking at the country. Like that's not funsies. You could be a diplomat somewhere and just get that. You honestly think someone wants to be in charge of a freaking country or as a liaison? Like has the world lost? Actually, no, that would be fun. Nope, that would be so much fun. <laughs> do you know how much you would be able to get away with specifically for that? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> oh my on the sidewalk on the sidewalk like you know how you do curbside no full curb like you just open the door and like my car is right there that's that's what i'm looking i for. have diplomatic immunity you can touch me yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like have you ever seen psych where where sean and gus he's working with the diplomat and he thinks he can do whatever he wants yeah that would be me if somebody ends up wanting to have a, a diplomat liaison i got you reach out don't get me involved in your crazy. Oh, shoot. Damn it. It's already, ha- it it's already happening. Damn it. <laughs> exactly. It was your plan. You put the idea in my head. Therefore, it's your responsibility. Wait a minute. I'm- Five years, I will now be a diplomat. I'm going to figure it out. I have enough weird ties to people in this world. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to come back on and be like, hello, all. Oh, gosh. If that ever comes to fruition... Please, God, take me out before it happens. Because <laughs> I, there's going to be so many issues that are going to happen. I'm sure I could cash in a few of my like pretty big favors. I might be able to swing something. Oh dear Lord! I'm gonna look into it. I'll keep you guys posted. Let, let's ride this crazy train. Let's go. Let's see how far it goes. I have a, a hacker as a husband. Oh God, help us! We're in so much trouble now. God, Chelsea ruling the world? Are you kidding me? It's already on my bucket list. Hey, if you ever need a, an idea for a villain, Chelsea's right here for you. She'll be able to answer any question that you have. I'm sorry. Are we saying Chelsea is the villain in this? Like, hold on. Hey, you're the one that said that you would take over the world. 
I said I would, oh, I did phrase it that way. Okay. 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 But that was just a Freudian slip. What I really meant to say was that I am going to help the world get better because that's what I do. You're going to impact the world in a positive way from my perspective. Yes, I will absolutely impact the world. Speaking of which, actually, no, I, I actually do. That was a good segue because this is interesting. Uh, so we're going to be doing two episodes a week again. One on Tuesdays at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, there will be an episode specifically just of me and Chelsea just talking about a specific topic. And then the following Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will have our special guest on that part of it, and it will have to do with said topic. So in this case, a specific conversation about things that are happening in the publishing world going on for the past 20, 30 years, we're going to give a little bit more detail into it because we want to not only entertain you, because, well, it's me and Chelsea, we're, we're entertaining. We're entertaining. Exactly. And we all stay on topic, guys, so you know you're good. We never veer off at all. No, no, we never veer off whatsoever. Um, anyway, so we're going to be talking about writing multi-genre books and multiple genres. And we're going to bring a little bit of a history into this because a lot of things have already been done. They've just been repackaged in certain ways. Chelsea, out of your general education and it, within the publishing okay. world, do you know what the first multi-genre book published was? I did not know there was going to be an exam. Like, I was, I was like, hey, Chels, I, I want to, you want to co-host with me? Sure, it'll be a blast. Surprise, pop quiz. Um, no. Okay. I'm assuming something stupid by Shakespeare, who I loathe to the very bottom of my being. Hey, wow. Uh, taking away religious scriptures and everything of that nature okay the very first one that i could find now if there is please let me know so because i can be wrong and stuff you know uh was and i'm gonna kill this uh histo historia <laughs> the the histories by Her herodotus herodotus and this was back in the fifth century bce yeah I like, I am not up to par with the history on these things. I know, I know. Uh, it was he is a Greek historian, obviously. Uh, the histories is considered a pioneering work in the field of historiography, blending various genres such as history, geography, anthropology, and ethnography. Ethnography. That came in. Okay, I got a question for you. You ready for this? Okay. Okay, again, we're going to get more hate mail. Probably. We have people out there, we're like, hey, I'm going to write the Bible. It's like, because this stuff's real. So we're going to write this down. Basically history, right? So you're doing yes. history. Then you have this dude with a super hard name, and he's writing history. Imagine yeah. the first person that was like, okay, I don't want to write history. Let's think of something crazy that never happened. And it's going to be like that radio show that the guy didn't tell everybody, like, hey, this is... This I'm reading from a book, but the, everybody's like, holy crap, like the skies are falling. The 
first person that like released this first fantasy novel oh and my gosh I, and everybody was just like there's dragons and they're invading and they're going banana and everybody's just like and the author's just sitting there like i knew this was gonna happen because you know authors like to hurt people that's what we do so to go and have that to go from these historians to the first person that was like i'm gonna break this genre and i'm gonna create a fantasy genre or the first sci-fi thing or the mm -hmm. first horror and oh, you go yeah. through and it's just like, oh my God, these poor people, like who is watching this and not helping these people get slaughtered by whoever? And it's like, no, I made this up. And it's like, what is wrong with you? Like that does it, they write this horror novel and it's just, he's reading it and they're like, oh, these poor, it's like, no, 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 that never happened. And it banished from the family, I'm assuming? Probably, probably. I'm assuming picked out like you you're just like this person is sick twisted whatever the whole world gets turned on its end well th think about a lot of the stories that are out there look at um ann rice yeah by the way is she relative of yours no <laughs> i'm a kennedy i'm not a rice my husband's right oh no you're a kennedy oh no <laughs> do we have to do we have to worry about um any assassinations coming your way first of all they only do that to the guys that would explain why you have such uh, some high up contacts now. I don't. I feel like I did that all on my own, sir. I can create my own contacts. Just... Anyways, but no, you're right. It, looking at like Anne Rice, looking at a lot of these people that were creating stuff. Um, oh my gosh, what? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. Um, guy who created cthulhu okay okay I... um i can't even remember his name uh i'll look it up i'll look it up here in a little bit anyways um but yeah he created an entire movement based off of that and it was completely fake but people still look at it like dude cthulhu is real think about it right well i mean it's the same thing when you go and people are like oh art changed the world and you know the renaissance movement and all of this and it's like well, you understand that like writing is an expression it's an art and there was the same type of evolution that happened with in in the literary world that people kind of disregard because you know you you just look at art as art like you know pictures on the wall sculptures or this type of craziness but it takes the same amount of energy and passion about something to write an entire screenplay or a book or a novella or anything like that it takes that same passion to do it but it gets kind of like shoved off to the side a bit I because it's i guess it's not as impressive as painting which i'm not hating on artists i cannot draw a stick figure so I do not, that is not something that I have in my repertoire. So, um, but I feel like it gets kind of shoved to the side because you have expressionists that that do, you you know, artists that go across, I guess, all types of, of molds, whether they're painters, sculptors, everything. I feel like that's kind of the same thing. Like if you write fantasy and you decide to go into um, mystery or if you do a fantasy mystery and then you go into horror, like it's this, it's this, type of progression and it's an entirely different skill set that you're bringing over and just because you do it doesn't and it may not you may find out it's not your thing but i feel like authors get a lot of oh anybody can write a book and it's like okay well anybody can paint squiggly lines on a 
can do, I can do that. So it's, I think there's almost a, a degree of, I don't even know what you would call it, almost like a secret war going on between like artists and authors. Yeah. And I think another thing that comes with it is the fact that, um, and by the way, the author was H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Ah. Crazy guy. No, but when you look at all the ways that genres have changed over time, it was you were either horror, thriller, fence, fantasy, drama, whatever the case may be. It was just one specific thing. But over time, things have started to really evolve. So one of the things that uh, we'll be talking about later on uh, is talking about how cozy murder mysteries were created and knowing that they weren't technically written until the 30s with Agatha Christie because she left things out of the crime fiction usually keeps in, like someone actually dying on on the page, the darker stuff. But she leaves all that out, and that's what people really enjoy. So she created a subgenre to crime fiction. Which is important that people get to do that too. Yeah. It's because like you don't want to think that, okay, let's say there are only three genres. You can only do fantasy, mm -hmm. you can only do romance, or you can only do horror. And it's like, okay, well, I like horror, but like, what if it was a paranormal thing? And if you weren't, if somebody didn't take that leap and was like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to mix this up a bit. I'm going to spice this up. I'm going to kind of do something a little bit different. Then I feel like writing would have gone stagnant. Like there's only so much you can do. Not saying that those that stick firmly into a genre are, are stagnant in any way. But if you had the, let's just say, 50 million authors in the world. If yeah. everybody was writing within those three genres mm -hmm. and branching out and not creating a different genre or subgenres or even creating a sub subgenre, then there wouldn't be much magic to writing in the world. And you can see my dog is trying to sneak in right now. <laughs> oh, the little doggy. <laughs> yeah. He's a puppy. Uh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. There'd be so many people just pigeonholed into one little thing mm -hmm. and you know that's the reason why a lot of authors one of the reasons and we'll get into that a little bit later too when we bring on our guest it's keeping you from actually staying stagnant yeah. in your writing because you're researching you're developing new techniques you're allowing your mind to create this entire basis of a story that oh okay i'm normally going in the fantasy realm well, wait a minute what happens if we add like a murder mystery into it okay let's see how, how that flows right. and it's been around for generations of course as much as you hate to say it shakespeare did that too in a lot of his work as a joke i have the complete collection of it that that Corey got me as a joke because he knows how much i loathe shakespeare I, I just, I can't, it's so stupid. Everybody loses the tangent. Everybody loses their minds over these 13 year old kids creating a mass freaking murder thing because they met each other for two hours. Can you be any more dramatic? Like I, I don't know if I was a dramatic teen, but I feel like maybe I was. 
I actually, I probably wasn't. I was a very angry teenager as per Paula. But it's one of those where like, I would never go, hey, dude, uh, let's be together. So let's pretend to die and not tell the other person. We're not going to tell the person that we're madly in love with. So then they actually end up killing themselves. And then I have to kill myself. Like, I feel like that's too much commitment after two hours. Yeah. Like everybody just died because of two kids that bear- no, just no, just no. Romeo and Juliet is the worst story ever written. Now we're going to get hate. Midsummer. Now we're going to get the hate, hate <laughs> stuff. It's not anything else we said. Okay. It's because you said that. Thank you. In my opinion, are you kidding me? Like, all she had to do was separate them. You're royalty. You have guards. I wasn't royalty and I had guards. Like, I couldn't get out my bedroom window. Are you freaking kidding me? I love how I love how this just goes to where it goes. I think it's I hate so very I can't much. wait to see what she says about Macbeth and freaking um Henry the Eighth oh, and God. all these other ones. Othello. Let's not get into Othello. Othello is definitely one of those that's we won't cross the yeah, that one that one we is just like yeah. But anyways, but even though he did it too, most people don't see it as that. They just see it as like you said before, it's just drama mm-hmm. it's comedy or it's tragedy that's it that was it but if we look at a lot of our favorite ones like for instance cloud atlas by david mitchell have you read that one yet i have not oh it's such a good one such a good one so for those who don't know the novel weaves together multiple interconnected stories spanning different genres and time periods So it incorporates elements of historical fiction, science fiction, dystopia, and a whole lot more. Uh, But it's it's ambitious structure and thematic exploration of interconnectedness resonated with readers. And the reason why was because of the intertwining multiple genres that created a rich and complex narrative that highlighted overarching themes. And it creates a really immersive reading experience for a lot of people. The book is one of those that it's a lot different from the movies of Cloud Atlas, but the book itself is really interesting when it does all that stuff. And some other ones that you may not think of that are examples of multi-genre books that became successful were The Hunger Games, The Da Vinci Code, American Gods, Games is multi-genre. Yeah, it is. Because it has elements of a dystopian fiction that has action, adventure, and romance in it. But see, I think dystopian is odd. But then no no novel or, or piece of writing is ever just a single genre at that point. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's there's no such thing as a single one. Because you can't have horror without thriller. You can't have it without action. You can't. So then there's no real single genre ever. Right, because of the fact that the publishing world was starting to see how it was evolving. And over time, the publishing world has actually had to change to receive more readers. And I'm glad you said that because there really is a very thin line between a multi-genre book and writing in multi-genres. I I think they are very much... Now, see, the only way that I could think of it is if you do something super, super crazy. 
where you do you know, writing, you know, within multi genres. So what I do is I have fantasy dystopian, right? However, in my book, there are dark horror themes, there's thriller, there's action adventure. I also have a romance series that is multi-genre. But to do, you know, crossing genres is what I call it, like when you're you're stepping across the board. But I think that when you write a book that has a lot of genres, it's it's the same no matter what the genres are, whether you're doing, you know, a, a fantasy romance or a mystery romance or, or you're doing fantasy horror or anything like is as long as you let the story go natural i think it's such a seamless blend that i think that when i read things that are multi-genre that's why you don't notice it is when you go through you're like holy crap no wait that was that was a thriller that was a mystery that was dystopian it was terrifying it was but if it's seamless i think it's fine it's it and you read those books and you're just like dear god they're trying to be a horror novel well here's the thing if you're wanting to do something like that there's a lot of people that do it a different way but there's one example that i know of and that's with jk rowling because you know how she's just so she's so well known specifically for harry potter that's the only thing i know she's ever done right but did you know she had a pseudonym oh everybody does well, yeah, but did you know she did? <laughs> I did not. Actually, no, wait, yes. I think Danny yelled at me one day because she had said something. And I was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, so I do. I do not know what it is. Mm-hmm. So It is, is Robert Galbraith. Sure. A wizard. Gal- Galbraith. Yeah. Galbraith. I don't <laughs> G-A-L-B-R-A-I-T-H. Braith. Galbraith. Anyways, she published a crime fiction novel under that synonym. Yeah, how'd that go? Still doing good. It was called Cuckoo's Calling. Uh, she did that back in 2013. Okay. All right. So it allowed her to, uh, according to the interview she did with the New York Times back in July 15th of 2013, it allowed her to engage with a new set of readers who might not have been interested in fantasy. Okay, let's be realistic. <laughs> Who doesn't like fantasy? You'd be surprised. I actually know some people that like they hate fantasy. I don't know why. I don't even know why I'm still friends with them, but you know. I was gonna say, you know what, Mac? I think I'm busy today. Maybe <laughs> uh <laughs> No, but it's it's you you have the crap. Yeah. Who, no matter who you are, you like either Harry Potter, mm-hmm. you like Lord of the Rings, you like The Hobbit, you like Battlestar, like there's not a single, you like superheroes, which believe it or not, people want to fight it. superheroes or fantasy guys, okay? True. It's, it's not sci-fi, it's not sci-fi, it's fantasy. Sci-fi is a possibility. Fantasy is fantasy. Superheroes, yes, there are sci-fi style superheroes. Cyborg, crossing genres, but at the same time, sci-fi is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Because way back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, when they were doing um, the fact that you have a, a damn phone was a sci-fi movie. That's true. Like, yeah. I, but sci-fi is a potential. Mm-hmm. Fantasy is just that. It's fantasy. Yeah. Now. They may cross over when we finally get into space, which I think is a terrible idea. We should never do. 
go to the other world, like you don't know, they might be having a freaking Lord of the Rings battle right now. But if you don't like fantasy, you should seek help. Going back to what you were saying about the technology being sci-fi in fantasy world and stuff. Back in the 30s, they had something like that, and it was called Dick Tracy. I know, it's so stupid. But you remember, Dick Tracy had a video phone. That's right. Holy crap. Yes, he did. Okay, okay. And then, and look at uh, The Shadow. The Shadow was... What about Knight Rider? Like, are you kidding me? Your car talking to you? I want a kid so bad. She said kit, not kid. Uh... Kit, like the car. <laughs> I have two I can give you. Um, Good thing. I got a dog. I'll take the dog. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's, it's not. Or do you see how he keeps casually walking by the door? I don't know if you can hear it, but he sighs dramatically every single time. Well, that's like any other kid, too, anyways. Um, but no, it, when you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I would love to have something like Kit. That would be freaking insane. But don't it kind of, when you have the the... Like, my car talks to me all the time, very rudely, too. Um, but it... You just need to change the setting. I, I tried. I think it was done on purpose. <laughs> but Hmm, I wonder why that who. I, yeah, I know. Stay on track. But it was... It's even like your phones. Your phones tell you what to do. When you go to go to get directions or your schedules or anything like that, everything is constantly talking to you. I have Alexa through my entire house, and now it's about to go off. Uh, like it talks to us all the time. Like we have more sci-fi stuff that they weren't even thinking of. Now I'm still mad because I really want the Jetson car. You know, I would love that too because of the folding up into a freaking briefcase kind of thing. That would be, it would save on Space so much power. Although I don't know if I could deal with having pills as a meal. No, I like food too much. No, I'm yeah, like, exactly. I, I will never give up burgers. Like we're doing the healthy thing and like never give up burgers. I will sneak a burger, bacon, cheeseburger, double bacon. Yes. Extra pick. I sneak them all the time. And she still keeps that slim figure. I don't know how she does it. It's called treadmill. <laughs> I work out so I can eat crappy. I just eat crappy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so speaking of the Jetsons and mm-hmm. the meal and appeal which by the way we're doing powders now like that instead would you consider willy wonka a fantasy sci-fi or horror okay so let's break this down mm-hmm. first of all anybody that allows their children to go into a chocolate factory you should not be parents especially if it's enclosed shouldn't do it um, then for said parents to watch their children, which if you actually read the actual thing, they die. They die, guys. They're rolling out or blue or extra strip. They're dead. Uh, so that part, total horror. Absolutely. Willy Wonka terrified me as a child. Didn't like it. Elevator, I would say that to be sci-fi because the, the original, the elevator, that was very steampunky to me. Like, so to me, that's kind of like a steampunk sci-fi thing. Cause we could totally do flying helicopters, terrible idea, but we could do it. But fantasy, I think would be, uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's gotta be some type of, of crazy. There are so many 
indigenous cultures. I'm not saying that they're going to be super tiny and orange, but. <laughs> Again, fantasy because of that. Unless you have a scientific choice with that, which would be like something biological. Bad job, bad, spend way too much time in a tanning booth. You just happen to be under five feet. And you get a really bad dye job. Like, do you know how many girls have gotten a bad dye job? Like, super. And you can't fix it for like six weeks. Oompa loompas. Yeah, but but for the rest of your life, come on now. I mean, once you find something well, that works, you know, you don't know how much yeah. you're paying them. So here's the other thing with that. Would you consider the Oompa Loompas in a beneficial relationship with Willy Wonka or slavery? Oh, no, no. <laughs> well, okay. So this is not fair to judge because... We don't know what he did for them. We don't know. They probably got food, clothes. Like if you go the whole Johnny Depp version, he literally saved them from starvation, gave them everything they, they could ever want it. Yes. So, hero. But? No. It's super sketchy. Don't leave. Super sketchy. Never seen him outside the building. That is very sketchy. Can they leave the building? Maybe they can't deal with the sun. I don't know their life story. I don't judge them because I don't know. Do I think it's suspect? And would I probably call CPS because I'm pretty sure not all of them are of legal age? Absolutely. <laughs> like I said, this is what happens when you bring a walking vial of chaos into, you know. I'm going to make that into a shirt. It's just going to have a vial and it's going to say chaos and I'll wear it next time. You do need it. Actually, you know what? That could be a good merch. Good merch. Look at that. See? I'm helping. There you go. Helping already. Walking vial of chaos. I don't know if I can. we can use that because I, I think... I don't know if we did that with Danielle or not. I don't know. She always says, oh, you don't swear. I was going to say, she always says I'm a bleeping ray of sunshine. So I might do that one. Yeah, but I think I've, no, I've, I've said that to her. I, I think at one point too, because she's, she's a walking vile chaos too. Uh, but yeah, we're going to try to work on that. Give us some ideas on some merch ideas if you guys want uh, want to help us out with this, because we've had a lot of quotes. We've had a lot of, weird comments that we made over time um and uh because we really want to i've already got new logo shirt very nice yes i have it in all different colors i have it in red we'll have it in the blue as you can see uh but we'll also have it in a uh a green and black uh and then i think i had one in purple too i can't remember but the biggest thing right now is that we need engagement. We need you all to just really engage with us, to tell us if, what you like, what you don't like. We could get some fun topics. We could do whatever topics you guys come up with within reason. We'll make it a super fun clip show. Yeah, a little Q&A at one point. And that way we can really get this out there because, again, you guys are already telling us. We're almost, we've almost hit uh, 93,000 downloads over the 13 i know i know it's great uh my ten thousand mark is like my big thing that's like i want to celebrate that because that's yeah Absolutely. But having ninety three thousand downloads as of this recording is really or excuse me 90 little under 9200 um is really good because again i can't do any of this without you all without the support of the the authors that come on without their readers, the publishers, the PR peeps, Chelsea, you know, all everybody that came in there, even Marcella at, at that point too. And I still love her, you know, she's busy, she's doing her thing and I wish her nothing but the best. 
Um, but you know how her, her mind is. She had she always had big ideas, and she's like all over the place. Um, but she's a great. She is a great girl. Anyways, we want to thank you again for being here with us on this new edition of because this will be season three. This is season three. Season three. Like three one. Like, did I come in as a new character? Three one a. Okay. Okay. See? I like it. <laughs> it's always these. Although we've already inferred that I'm going to somehow become the villain, but if we could add super villain, that would be really good. Like, I want to go Lex. Luthor. Well, I, I think you need to get on a few more lists before we can do that, though. You start with it. You start because right now you're more towards just nationwide instead of international. Oh, yeah. You got to go globally to be that super. super. I don't know. That presidential pardon would get a lot closer. Yeah, but diplomatic immunity is even better. See, already forgot about that. We'll figure that one out. Yes. (laughs) Anyways, we love you all. Chelsea, you have anything to say? Close this one out. No, I think we did. I think we only going to get a little bit of hate mail, which is not bad for my first one. I'll up my game, and been a blast. I'm excited to see what we do. It's so much fun. We're going to cause chaos everywhere. I'm going to do it apparently on a global scale now. New goals. Diplomatic immunity. I wonder if we can get that on a shirt too. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.